It is round two of the Formula One World Championship coming up on Sunday. Hi, I'm Tony D. It's the Overtake F1 podcast. We're going to be looking at this race today. We'll also be reviewing what we saw three weeks ago and the positive outlook of where Formula One could be going in 2021. All right, we'll be racing at Imola coming up on Sunday. It is the second time Formula One has decided to return to that track since putting the COVID-19 schedule together last year in 2020. Before that, it was the San Marino Grand Prix. It was the Italian Grand Prix in the early 80s. But after a 14-year absence in 2020, the Formula One circuit added Imola to the schedule after a number of races around the world were canceled. And for logistical reasons, they were trying to find races in Italy and they went to Portugal, they went to Turkey. So that's how you got the Formula One 2020 schedule together. When the Chinese Grand Prix got canceled, Imola replaced that. And that's where we're at today coming up on Sunday. So where are we after three weeks since the Bahrain race? Well, the buzz for the Lewis Hamilton Max Verstappen battle is not dying down. And in fact, it's been intensified given that we've been waiting and waiting for round two to see whether or not this is legit. So at Bahrain to open up the season, this rivalry now started to pick up steam because we had one of the best races that many of us have seen in a very, very long time. It was a long time coming. It was this feeling like somebody has to step up and compete with Mercedes. And it feels, at least for right now, that Red Bull has done that. They got an outstanding power unit from Honda. And we, they showed it off in testing. And they showed it off in qualifying with Max taking the pole position. And obviously in the race, where Max was able to track down Lewis Hamilton, make a pass, and then have to give up that pass because of track limits. But nevertheless, a seven-tenths of a second win for Hamilton, one that had a Max Verstappen back on his on his heels, it makes it a fantastic race and it gives a lot of promise for what we may see at Imola. So let's go back three weeks ago. Let's go back to the opening race of the season. Verstappen starts on the pole. He had a very good weekend, had Mercedes scrambling a bit. I mean, he won pole position by over three tenths of a second. Now, the one story that did come out of Bahrain was track limits, as we were kind of all figuring out what the FIA was thinking about, especially at turn four. Why was Hamilton able to make that turned 29 times when Verstappen made it to take over the lead. The FIA said, no, you can't take an advantage doing that exact same thing. I mean, the argument was made that Hamilton may have taken uh, a, a few tenths of a second off by making that wide of a turn in four, even though he wasn't passing anybody. But it's irrelevant. The FIA did not want Verstappen to take the lead of that race going completely off the track. And that you do understand. I know it was a controversy and people are certainly going to be figuring out, you know, where they, where they sit with how the FIA managed that particular turn. But in the end, Max had to give it up. Hamilton got the lead back and then Verstappen could not make a move and could not regain that lead. And Hamilton won the race. But think about the, the aftermath of that, right? Afterwards, even Verstappen, a very mature response to that probably did not like the fact that he had to give up the lead probably did. You know, he even said after the race, why couldn't I just finish, take the penalty, the five second penalty and see where I was. But in the end, he was more, he was very mature to the media about how that race gotten away from him, right? Taking that wide of a turn in four and Hamilton seemed almost elated that there was some sort of a race, that there was a battle, that there was competition, because think about all, think about these guys their whole life, right? The whole life that they're being grown up in cart and, and going through all of the of the circuits to try to get to Formula One. They're competitors. They've always been competitors. And you're talking about the 20 best drivers in the world. In order to be one of those, you have to have a very competitive bone in your body. You have to have more than one. And I'm sure Hamilton will take every win if it comes by 15 seconds or 10 seconds or 20 seconds or whatever. 
but I also think he craved the lap after lap after lap of intensity that comes from being a race car driver. And I think that was prevalent in what he said afterwards. So now you've got this incredible battle that leads us to one of the most exciting races of the season. What do we do with that? Well, what we do is in three weeks, we process it and we talk about it and we examine it and we lead up to what we're going to get on Sunday, which is race number two. Now, will we get it again? One race does not a season make, but at least it's a promising start. Mercedes didn't go to Bahrain, dominate, and have everybody leaving going, well, is this what we're going to get the whole season? Is, is this what we're going to do? Because in the end, that's what this sport is about. It's about racing. It's not about showcasing cars around a racetrack, right? You, you want racing. You want competitors racing against each other for the checkered flag. And we got that. And we hope to get that more. So we hope there's some legitimacy to this. At least I do. So the Hamilton-Verstappen battle was not the only thing that we got coming out of Bahrain. We also wanted to see how new faces would do in Formula One, the three rookies that were making their debut, and also some old faces on some new teams. Sergio Perez with Red Bull had to start from the pit lane after a mechanical problem on the formation lap, but he raced through the field, finished fifth, very impressive run. I mean, look, I know he was in a Red Bull car, Honda engine and all, but still, to go from the back of the pack to fifth, Impressive run for Sergio Perez, who won at the Secure Grand Prix on the shorter Bahrain track last year. Sebastian Vettel with Aston Martin. Now, this was a real problem. Vettel had a really bad weekend, struggled all day. In the race, ran into Esteban Ocon. He finished 15th. He also had to start from the back of the pack for the race because of a yellow flag penalty that he had during qualifying. So it was a mess for Vettel. He did have the car in the top 10 at, at certain point in the race, but now that's neither here nor there. He finished 15th and it was not a good debut. Uh, Fernando Alonso back in Formula One with Alpine. Uh, got a sandwich wrapper in his, got into his car. He finished 19th, but still good to see a former world champion back in Formula One. Uh, one of the big ones I was watching for was Carlos Sainz, who left McLaren to go with Ferrari. And I can remember last year at Spa when he's McLaren couldn't get out of the garage and he couldn't start the race. Um, and, you know, you're going, okay, you know, he's going to go with Ferrari, but then you would see races where Ferrari would not be doing well and you were wondering if signs was looking at that going i wish i stayed here and kept up with this uh but listen the scuderia had a good weekend signs finished eighth Leclerc finished sixth it's two top 10 finishes for ferrari everyone's going to be watching them this season and i especially want to see how carlos signs does uh with the prance and ponies daniel daniel ricardo with mclaren he finished seventh that was three spots behind teammate lando norris who had a very very good run finishing fourth now for the rookies uh, Mick Schumacher and Nikita Mazepin, both with Haas. Haas is going to struggle this year. There's no question. They Two rookie drivers. They're a back-of-the-pack field team anyway, so this was no surprise. Schumacher finishing 16th. But Mazepin, who came into this season with some controversy of his own, the say no to Mazepin, spun out on the first lap. Official. He had a bad weekend, bad weekend. So much so that he even got some encouragement from some of the other drivers, like, eh, keep your chin up. But it was a bad weekend for Mazepin. But the one guy who really impressed was Yuki Tsunoda. He impressed in testing. He impressed during qualifying. He finished ninth. He earned points in his first F1 race. And a lot of people are really looking at Yuki Tsunoda, who's a 20-year-old who just flew through the field at various times, made some really nice overtakes. 
He, he's got a lot of promise for Alfatari this season, and Yuki Sonoda was one of the bright spots coming out of Bahrain. Not so much for Nikita Mazepin, but Yuki Sonoda definitely showed uh, that that rookie might be a loose terminology for what he's been able to do on the track. But again, it all boils down to when the teams left Bahrain, the number one thing coming out was this rivalry, Verstappen and Hamilton. It's one that has been dissected for the last three weeks because it's extremely important for the sport. As I was saying earlier, people want to see dominance to an extent, but they really want competition. You don't want to tune into a U.S. Open tennis match or the Masters golf tournament or anything where it's individual, right? And, and feel like the, the event has already been won by somebody. It's just a matter of time. And people were starting to feel that way about Formula One that it was Mercedes, especially Lewis Hamilton. He's winning all the races unless something else happens. And since we can't count on that something else always happening, no matter what, if we just get Mercedes running a normal race and, and Lewis Hamilton does everything right, he's going to win. And that's not good for your sport. It's not good for the promotion of your sport. It's not good for the growth of your sport. And especially people who have been around the sport a long time, they miss some of the classic Formula One battles and they want to see somebody else come up and, and make a run for the championship. We want to have a decent championship fight on our hands. Look at last season. and I'm going to point to four races last season. All right. Um, and these ones that stand out to me because these were races that were won by individuals other than Lewis Hamilton, but they came with special circumstances. So last season at Silverstone, Max Verstappen won the 70th anniversary Grand Prix. And he won because Mercedes that weekend didn't have their tires right. They didn't have their tires just right, which is amazing because Hamilton won a race with his tire blew up and he was still able to get across the, the, the finish line for the checkered flag. But there you have it. Mercedes makes an, a, a calculated decision. It doesn't work out tire-wise. Verstappen wins at, at Silverstone. And I know I'm oversimplifying a lot of this, but I think you'll see the point. Pierre Gasly wins at Monza, wins the Italian Grand Prix. Why? Hamilton decides he's going to go into the pits when the pits are closed. He doesn't realize they're closed. He goes in anyway. He gets a 10-second penalty. He has to move his way up back through the field. He finishes seventh. But that left with Verstappen out of the race, Botas out of the race because of, of mechanical failures, it left the race to be wide open a bit. And Pierre Gasly, Alfatari holding off Carlos Sainz in the McLaren. It was one of, if not the best race of 2020. I think it's the best race of 2020. It was one of my highlights of 2020. So Pierre Gasly wins at Monza. Again, look at Hamilton. Hamilton makes this mistake. The same thing happened in Sochi. Valtteri Bottas takes the checkered flag. He wins. Hamilton penalized for doing practice starts on the pit lane. Thinks he can do it. He can't do it. He's penalized. Now, Hamilton ran to finish third, but Bottas takes the checkered flag. Now, here's another race. It was the Sakir Grand Prix, the Bahrain shorter track, where Sergio Perez in Racing Point, they win the race. And Hamilton wasn't even in that race. Right? He had COVID, didn't race, but... George Russell, who was in, in, in his car, had a puncture, and Valtteri Bottas had a mess of a pit stop where tires were wrongly exchanged, and it was a mess, and they're out. And Sergio Perez, who started back of the pack after an early accident between Charles Leclerc and Max Verstappen, he races through the field and wins. So those are just four examples. Again, you, you can pick apart each race and pick apart each one. There was you know conversation, but the overall point is... 
Those four races were won by somebody other than Lewis Hamilton because in the end, it was either Mercedes or Hamilton that made an error in judgment. And what you want in real competition is for that not to be a major factor in why you have a championship fight. What you want is two guys on their own merit with cars that are almost equal to battle it out and use their driving skills to race against one another. Now we're hoping that the Bahrain race three weeks ago opened the door for this possibility. Because if it is, then we could have a fun season. And everything is going to be under a microscope when you look at all of the details. How If Red Bull fails at, in, in Portugal next week, or they fail at Monaco, or they fail at, in Baku, or wherever they are, it's going to be extremely important when they're trying to keep pace. Rather than feeling like, in the end, these are issues, but they don't matter because Hamilton and Mercedes are just going to win the championship anyway. So this is why there's so much optimism for what we're going to see Sunday at Imola. And I hope we see it. Now, is it real based on one race? We'll see. But I think it is. I think what you're going to see Sunday is a couple of things that are going to be in Red Bull's favor, right? The Honda power unit is showing off. It's a real difference already. Plus, the high downforce will help Red Bull at Imola. They can match Mercedes down the straight to Tamborello. So I think you're going to start seeing Red Bull close the gap, and I think you're going to see it this weekend. So let's look at last year's race, because as I said earlier, Formula One was looking for racetracks to put on their schedule when they had a number of them canceled around the world due to COVID-19. Logistically, they were trying to keep a lot of it in Europe. So Italy, for example, not only had Monza, but it had Mugello and it had Imola. They raced at uh, Turkey. They raced in Germany. They raced in Portugal. So they were trying to find more tracks to kind of complete a semi-decent season. And last year, they went to Imola, where Hamilton won. And Botas and Daniel Ricciardo finished out the podium. Now, at the beginning of the race, there was a lot of expectation for Pierre Gasly. He had qualified fourth, was having a really good weekend. Uh, but then in the race, eight laps in, he had mechanical problems, had to pit, and that was it. That was he was done. But AlphaTauri, not that far, like 15 kilometers away is where their headquarters are from Imola. Uh, Daniel Kvyat finished fourth in the race. So AlphaTauri, that's a home race for them. Uh, did they do well? Well, not really if Gasly's, if you're going to count Gasly's you know, leaving the race after eight laps. But if you put the whole weekend as a whole, they had a good weekend. They had a really good weekend. Kvyat finishing fourth and Gasly showed a lot of promise before the mechanical failure. He looked like he was going to make a real uh, good showing in the race on Sunday. Verstappen, he had, he had a fantastic overtake in this one over Botas, but with about 12 laps to go, he had a puncture, spun into the gravel, and that was it. Com you know, when you com put that in Context with Alex Albon, who had a terrible run in Imola. I mean, at one point he spun and nobody hit him. Uh, he finished, uh, he was the last car remaining on the lead lap. He was the last car that, that got the checkered flag. 15th, five cars retired. He was the last one of the remaining cars running. Terrible weekend for Red Bull. George Russell, this was the race, if you remember, where Russell was looking for his first career points for Williams and spun out during the, a safety car run. He was, I think it was down by Aquamirale. He just lost control and spun and it led to him sitting on the side against the wall, head in his hands. And he said, I promise to do better. But drivers reached out to him via social media and said, been there, done that kid. You'll be fine. You're a champion. You're going to be good. And I like that. I like the, I like the rallying because you can beat yourself up more than anybody can beat you up sometimes. And I think Hamilton was, I mean, uh, 
Russell was pretty hard on himself um, going in, you know, for that, for that mistake. But Hamilton was even one that reached out to him and said, look, man, I've been there, done that. You're going to be fine. All right. So we've got the race coming up. Let's take a look at some things I'm looking forward to seeing. One, of course, the one thing we've been talking about since the start of this podcast, Verstappen Hamilton round two. If this is going to be a season fight and a championship run for both of these guys, we'll start to see it here. Now, of course, if there's a mechanical issue, of course, if there's uh, an accident, of course, if somebody runs one of them off the road or something happens, then, then you know, obviously we'll go into Port- a Portugal in round three with the same kind of conversation. But if both of these guys finish with their, you know, without any problems and they run a full race, I hope to see another sort of fight to the checkered flag. That's what I'm hoping. And I think we're going to do it. One of the other battles that I'm kind of interested in is Ferrari versus McLaren. As I mentioned earlier, both teams had top 10 finishes at Bahrain. McLaren, there's a lot of optimism for McLaren coming up this year as being the best of the rest. Uh, Ricardo was able to get a podium last year at Imola. Once Verstappen went out, of course, he was driving for Renault at the time. But two really good runs for McLaren. And then also with Ferrari, they're always going to be on the watch list this season, right? They, look, Ferrari's an iconic team. They've been in every Formula One season. They had a very, very bad 2020, so much so that they tried to get Sebastian Vettel not to make jokes about how bad the season was going when he was leaving the team. So they're always going to be looked at. There's always going to be a, here's what went on in the race, and oh, by the way, here's what Ferrari did. People are always going going to do that. Whether you love the Scuderia or not, that's always going to be something that people kind of see. How is Ferrari doing? Good run at Bahrain and good good run at Bahrain for Leclerc and Sainz. And I'm kind of hoping with this racetrack being named after their founder and his son that they do well. They did not do well uh, last year. Another thing to look at is Sebastian Vettel. As I was mentioning earlier, he needs a bounce back race. Bahrain was a disaster. It's you're leaving Ferrari. You're going to a new team. It's a new brand. It's your know, racing point. Now it becomes Aston Martin, new colors, new scheme, new feeling like they're, they're going to be competing again for the best of the rest. And Seb had a bad weekend, real disaster. Started at the back of the field, five place grid penalty after a yellow flag infringement. During the race, runs into Ocon, gets penalized 10 seconds. He had the car in the top 10, as I mentioned earlier, but during the race, it was a mess, and he finished 15. Sebastian Vettel is a good guy, and I love Seb, but I want to see a bounce-back race for him. One other team I'm looking for is Alphatari. Mentioned them earlier. I had a good run with Pierre Gasly, at least some optimism, before he had to check out eight laps in, but before that, looked really strong at Imola. Daniel Kvyat ran fourth. Alphatari's headquarters are right down the road. Last season, got a good weekend from, from Kvyat. Gasly had some promise. Now you've got Sonoda in that car. He tested the car at Imola. Very comfortable with the track. Very comfortable with his team. He's already shown how quick he can be. These are all elements in place to get a good run for Alphatari this weekend. All right. The last thing. All right. It's eh, rain. Why not? Whenever it starts to get wet, slippery, anything can happen. I thought Turkey's race last year was fun. It's possible rain on Sunday. It's in the forecast. And whenever that's a possibility, uh, you can expect some wild things to happen. So we'll see. All right. Now it's time for some track talk. Uh, This is where we'll go over the track. Some interesting news and notes about this weekend circuit. It had the San Marino Grand Prix. It was run from 1981 to 2006. It was the Italian Grand Prix too, taking it away from Monza for a bit. But it's it returned to the 2020 calendar after a 14-year absence because of COVID-19. 
right? There were dates that needed to be filled. It filled the logistics of travel for the Formula One teams. It made a lot of sense. It's an iconic track, so it could host a Formula One race. So they added it to the schedule. Same thing this year, Chinese Grand Prix out. So they add Imola to the 2021 schedule. But when you talk about Imola, you cannot talk about it without remembering the tragic death of Ayrton Senna in 1994 with his crash at Tamburello and also the death of Roland Ratzenberger, who died in qualifying at the track. It was a hard weekend in 1994. When I first got into covering auto racing, I was a young man in, in a radio station in New Hampshire. I didn't know anything about NASCAR or IndyCar or anything, but my boss was like, this could be your beat. We have a track here. It, we need somebody to cover all of the events and this could be your thing. And I said, oh, okay. So I started getting into everything. I started reading and writing and watching as much as I possibly could. That's when I first got into Formula One. I was covering NASCAR. I was covering late models. I was covering everything. And I remember while I didn't watch Senna's death when I heard about it, and I remember they went to Dale Earnhardt after his race to tell him that Senna had died and he passed along his condolences and, 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 and his ultimate respect for Ayrton Senna. Uh, it's a, they, they changed Tamarello. Now it's a, it used to be a flat out corner. Now there's a chicane. Uh, there's a memorial site for Arrington Senna at the racetrack. So whenever you go to Imola, whenever the, 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 the series goes there, you have to remember what happened in 1994. It's part of the track's uh, legacy. Michael Schumacher won at that track seven times in his career. Senna and Alan Prost each won it four times. The track does run counterclockwise. It is 19 to 21 turns, depending on how you define a turn, but it's very fast. It's hilly. It's beautiful. It, it's just a gorgeous, gorgeous track that is set in the countryside. Um, Aquamili Raleigh is a fantastic corner. Rivata, Peritella, Tamarello, uh, you know, the Villano Chicane, beautiful, beautiful racetrack. I think if you haven't seen a race here, if you're kind of new to Formula One over the last couple of years, maybe you watched last season, maybe you didn't. It's a gorgeous racetrack. Lewis Hamilton with the track record, a time of 115.484. And it was, uh, it's going to, I think it's going to be a fun race. All right, some final thoughts as we get ready for Imola. And again, we'll have a race review coming up Monday on this on this channel. And subscribe or, and please pass along if you like what we're doing in the Overtake podcast. Um, I do think Verstappen is going to win this race. Red Bull is showing too much promise. And I think their car is well designed to make a run at Imola. That's a kind of a bold statement to go against Lewis Hamilton. He's always, going to be the favorite going into every race. So this is a wild card in a way, but not because Verstappen's good run at Bahrain. This will send some waves around Formula One's world if Max beats out Mercedes straight up. Now, I know he did it at Abu Dhabi, but it was the last race of the season. Hamilton was coming off COVID. Uh, he had already had the championship wrapped up. The constructors were already wrapped up. I don't know. People were making those kind of excuses. I wasn't. I thought it was a good run for him. But this would be legit. This would be the second race in the season straight up. This is where we're kind of been beaten. We're kind of been together on this as saying, Let's get a battle here. Let's see if it can last in round two. Let's see if this is, you know, this isn't a fluke. If we get Verstappen taking the checkered flag and right behind him is Lewis Hamilton in a Mercedes machine that didn't have any issues, he beats him on merit, then it's game on heading into round three at Portugal at the end of the month. And that would be great for Formula One. 
So those are the kind of things I'm looking forward to seeing at Imola. I hope you watch the race. Uh, I hope you get up wherever you are to watch it, or if it's in the afternoon for you. Again, Monday on this channel, we will have our race review. We'll give you all the details of what happened at Imola. And then later on next week, uh, it drops on Friday, we'll have the preview uh, for Portugal. A little bit of a head because it's going to be two weeks away. comes up at the, at the beginning of May. But we'll have some news and notes around Formula One. This is our first episode. So again, subscribe. We'd love to get your feedback. You can hit us up on Twitter uh, at Tony D Radio is where I'm at right now. We'll have a Twitter channel developed for the page. You can also email the show at the Overtake F1 Podcast at gmail.com. Love to hear your thoughts. Enjoy the race at Imola. I'm Tony D. This is the Overtake Formula One Podcast.